Welcome to Faith Fondue, a podcast featuring author and speaker Haley D. Maria and teacher and blogger Ann Strickers. Faith Fondue will feature a melting pot of topics ignited by a flame, our faith, and guided by the Holy Spirit. It is the week of September 19th, the 25th week in ordinary time. The Irish are 3 0, and the San Francisco Giants are still the number one team in the National League. Hi, Ann. How are you? Hey, Haley. Good morning. Good to be back. Um, yeah, look forward today to talking about just the importance of a community of faith, whether that's um, in your home in Annapolis, like near our homes, or even um, communities that we've been a part of, such as um, our Notre Dame community. We'll talk a little bit about some fun college connections and families, um, how we really are, um, you know, just in Christianity, we talk about being a family. So we have some evidence for that. We're going to talk about the family of Holy Cross. We'll talk a little bit about candy corn because, you know, why shouldn't we? And um, then just a reading from Genesis, and I'll talk about um, the motto of St. John Paul II. So let's get started. Uh, Talk to me, Haley. I know this has been a a tough week for you, and um, I think it's important to share with our listeners, yeah, the good and the bad, and really the challenging and also the graces. So how are you doing? Yeah, you know, thanks, Anne. It it has been... um... A really long week. I've had a number of text messages. How are you? And I think, you know, my answer has just consistently been, I'm tired. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, as as we've talked about many times, I work at a, um, you know, a K through eight, actually preschool through eight Episcopal school here in Annapolis. And um, unfortunately, this past week, we lost one of our teachers, um, one of our first grade teachers. She's also a mom. It's a mom I've known for almost 15 years. Um, and she took her own life, um, which is not talked about as much as it should be. I think we are better about it. Um, But she suffered from anxiety, depression, and this has really rocked our little community. So I'll talk about it a little bit more during our spiritual stew. I think that's probably uh, maybe a better place to talk about it. Um, But it's, it's, it's been a tough week. And I know I know, unfortunately, that this is a topic that that most people have personal experience with, whether it's, you know, if it's themselves or someone they know or or a work colleague, a friend, a family member. Um, I think it's really pervasive and and, um, it's touching more and more lives. Um, So we can get more into that during our spiritual stew. Um, But I will say the best part of this week has been working at a community of faith and, you know, having that family and um, how important that is to all of us. And you know, along those lines, we I, I, I talk about that whenever I give talks, you know, with the importance of those communities. And certainly one of the communities for me is St. Anne's. One is Notre Dame, also the Naval Academy. Um, I had, you know, a lot of emotions this week in terms of a roller coaster. But one of the things that made me smile the most, and and I could post a picture of this, you know, when we post um, the the podcast this week. But yesterday was um, kind of a really fun Um, day that just made me smile. So we, uh, as you know, have been a sponsor family at the Naval Academy for years, um, I think 18 or 19. And our plebe this year that we are sponsoring is a young man named Liam. And Liam's father was a teammate of mine at Notre Dame. So I have known this family for 30 years now, which seems crazy. Um, But I met uh, his dad, Will, 30 years ago. And it's really fun to be a part of their child's life at the Naval Academy, you know, something else that is independent of Notre Dame that means so much to us. So 
we had Liam at our house all day yesterday. Um, I love it. I love cooking for them. I love watching football with them. I love providing a place for them to just go sleep and get away from everything. And while Liam was at our house, um, his dad texted me a picture of he and his wife um, with my son, James, um, tailgating in South Bend before the Notre Dame um, football game yesterday. So just a really fun moment of kind of all of these communities coming together and everything that we love so much, right? Our family, our Notre Dame family, the Naval Academy football um, you know, it's nice to know that, you know, James had some friendly faces that he got to go see just as much as I know it's nice for Liam to have his family, you know, some family for him and friendly faces. So to me, that those two pictures, you know, us with Liam and the McCarthy's with James, that that's that's the best part of life right there. That is family, you know, again, as we always talk about the one we are one family we are born to and the family we create. Um, and equally are so important. So that was my week and day in a nutshell. Um, you know, a lot of tears, but a lot of really heartfelt moments too that made me smile. And um, again, uh, that is that is life. Yeah, no, that, that sounds like, you know, being in a family, Haley, is carrying all that, carrying one another through these um, challenging times. And as you were talking about just the reality of suicide, I was thinking about, you know, the San Francisco Giants have, um, you know, coming out of the darkness and like, a, like there's walks now, you know, raising awareness, um, people who are kind of willing to share, you know, testimonies of loved ones they've lost because there was, there is the mystery of, you know, suicide. There's the, the blame there's, you know, um, there was so much stigma around it and it is, um, it's just so hard, I think for any one to comprehend and i think we have to comprehend it because it's saying that this person is in a place where they're not making right um like a, like a healthy person would make decisions so right. um yes we um can only come together um be, you know and then there's the blame and what did i miss and all these questions that we ask so um our hearts and prayers go out to the saint anne's school to her students and to her her family that is um it's just a profound loss. Yeah, so. and and we'll we will also, um, you know, attach some links to you know suicide prevention and help um, as we post this podcast as well. And interestingly enough, um, the out of the darkness walk in Annapolis was yesterday. Oh and, wow! Um, our our school community had Christie's crew, and we all wore our St. Anne's shirts and mm -hmm. um, were able mm -hmm. to walk together. And you know, again, just coming together as a community is. It is really the only way to get through something like yeah. this. Um, but you're right. We need to continue talking about it. And um, we need to just remember to check in with one another as well. And um, and just remember that we never know what someone is going through. Yeah, um, exactly. And, and that's right. very hard, but it is, you know, it's very true as well. Yeah. Um, so I know, Anne, you, um, you know, had your own little bit of community last week and enjoying yeah. being back on campus and, um, you know, how were your meetings and, and do you want me to connect great. and all that fun stuff? Well, you know, it's interesting just hearing like the family connection between your teammate and, um, you know, the plebes that you have and the home that you provide. And, um, I love, you know, that's, I always tell my students, that's one thing I love is, is connection. So I, um, 
So I was back in South Bend. I'm a Notre Dame Women Connect regional representative, and that's an affinity group um, within the Alumni Association. And we meet twice a year. And, you know, for any adult who's on a board, I think it's such a, an honor and a commitment. Um, but that second word, commitment, is real. Like, there's definitely work that we do. And I think that's um, that's what I don't know why the board comes together because we're working really hard and we have to give each other the space to be honest and to challenge one another. So out of that comes relationships that I think are are meaningful. Just like in um, my own work environment, I have so many colleagues that are friends. Um, and it sounds like this woman was a friend of yours, Haley, um, w- with raising children together, but also working together. So I just want to acknowledge that that's a, you know, a tough loss um, because of the different roles that we have and the way we relate to each other. But um, in addition to Notre Dame Women Connect, I went on Wednesday to the Notre Dame Women's Team's golf practice. Um, I've met the two coaches. So it's Susan Holt and um, Coach Kyle. And I'm going to mess up her last name. Um, Demeter. They, what's that? Demeter. Is it? Okay. Yeah. I knew. And like, she has mm-hmm. her maiden name yes. and then this name and they're, they're awesome. I've been able to play golf with them a couple times. And so, um, I just went to their practice and, um, the, the team was just great. Like I kind of came in, um, they were in the locker room and they were doing, um, they had read a book. It was like a shared read and they were, it was talking about, you know, team building. And, um, then they came out just were working on short game stuff and, you could never get enough tips and drills and things like that for that. But then one-on-one, I just got to talk to each player, which is really the highlight because they're just exceptional young women. And um, I was talking to one girl and she went to Bellarmine, Tacoma. And I said, oh, my uncle's on the board there. My cousins went to school there. And then I realized that I had read about her profile before. And I said, is your dad an orthodontist? For some reason, I remembered that. And she's like, yeah. And she's like, is your uncle a Pac-12 referee? And I said, yeah. So we <laughs> had, like, she knows my uncle and my, um, she went to St. Charles, this grade school where a number of my cousins have gotten married or um, that I've been to for mass. And it was just really special to um, make that, you know, personal connection with her and, and just hear about her program. Um, they've been state champions in the state of Washington for many years, and they practice at this club. And it's just a it's a fan, it's just a really special uh, golf club because it's it's I really like it. It's not like elite or anything. It's just really it, ha- it has a great family atmosphere to be honest. So it was fun to like learn about um, you know her experience at Notre Dame, having knowing a little bit about her high school experience. So that was a highlight um, for me during the week. And it's always great to meet up with folks on campus. For me, it's not just the meetings, but um, for example, there's a friend of mine. He teaches a ethics and sports class. It's in the school of business. Hmm. Um, their syllabus is just awesome. So I get a ton of ideas professionally, but also just any sports fan would love um, the articles that they read. And it definitely has a business angle, but mm-hmm. um, you know, there's the ethics piece to that. So those are some highlights from being on campus. In addition to being with old friends and like my old roommate, Erin, she come, we go to a game every year, but I realized we hadn't been to a game together because of last year. Right. right. There was no games. And then the year before she wasn't able to make it, she travels a lot. So it actually been, it seems like crazy that it had been that long since we had been to a game together. So good to be back. Irish got a win. Um, 
and um, yeah, we're three and zero, like you said. Yeah, we are three and zero. I've been to some bad games lately. I I went to the Giants Dodgers game. We actually lost that game. There was nothing enjoyable about the game itself. So it's funny as a sports fan, like there's the experience of going and being with the crowd and being with your friend. Cause I went to this giants game with a friend of mine, a Jesuit who was literally in town for the game. It was great to be with him, but it's also like the game just wasn't good, you know? And it's like, it, it's, it's a funny, like, I don't know if you want to call it a complaint, right. but like last week's game against Toledo was not a good game. So it's like, it's an interesting piece to the puzzle. It, you know, it is because um, I also think we we approach these games this year with such gratitude for being even able to go. Um, but there is a disappointment there. You know, last my son was so excited for that first home game last weekend against Toledo because he, you know, he loved going last year and is so grateful that students were able to attend games last year. So that is not lost on him. But he was looking forward to being a student in a full stadium. Um, and, you know, and just you know, feeding on the energy that comes from the whole stadium. So he couldn't wait to be there. And, um, you know, he's 19. So I think he doesn't think through, you know, perhaps the challenges for that it takes for other people to get there. Um, so I think he was hoping it would have been a packed, sold out game. Um, yeah. And but he, um, you know, thankfully, I think we've we've all learned the lesson um, to yeah. just appreciate the gratitude of being able to go. Yeah. Um, and, and no, just I, I hear there. that. I, I was surprised that that was a reaction of, of students and it's a good reaction because you want that. I was sitting in the end zone. I don't normally sit there. So I was literally next to the freshman section. And I, I, I saw like in theory, I saw the end zone, like where, where the Toledo fans should have been. And it was pretty empty. And I, it didn't bother me because the student section was so full and so vibrant. And I was like, this is awesome. And the band, which is usually on the, you know, across from them was in front of them. So I was just so preoccupied with that energy. And I, I find that, you know, what I see versus what somebody else sees is always interesting to me. Like, for example, this came up with Amy Coney Barrett's, you know, um, is it install? I mean, at the, the event at the White House people saw right away that Jenkins wasn't wearing a mask and I didn't see it because I was so excited to see her husband, who's my classmate and friend, Jesse. So I just, what we see and pay attention to in general just fascinates me. Absolutely. He's right. Like he, you know, it'd be nice to see that people who noticed that about Jenkins are like, they're right. Like there probably was, you know, a reason that, you know, you should be wearing it in this time. So it's funny to compare, you know, and I talk about that in my class, like sight versus vision, like what we see, but what we're able to kind of take in. And um, it's also true in communication. I think what we hear, I had a difficult conversation with a parent, um, one of my golfers, and her, she was upset about the conversation, but what her dad relayed to her. And I was like, wow, I had a very different experience of that conversation. So yeah. Is, um, maybe that's frustrating, but it's also interesting, if that makes any sense. No, you know, it, it, no it's super interesting. Um, and, you know, and I really appreciated what you wrote in your blog about, um, you know, the attendance at the the Toledo Notre Dame game, because, you know, you're coming from a place where, again, you, you live in, you know, San Francisco, the world of the San Francisco Giants, where they are leading the National League. And they're not selling out their games. So it's um, you're coming yeah. from a perspective of, wow, there's so many people here. And it isn't it great that the students are all here and the band gets to be next to them. And um, you're right. Perception and perspective is um, 
really defines how we see things. And mm-hmm. it's a great reality check, I think, if if you can do what you are doing and hopefully if I can help my son do what he needs to do, which is, you know, take a step back and look at it from perhaps a different perspective. I think that's mm-hmm. when we get in trouble is when we don't, yeah. um, when we only see whatever yeah. it is, the world right. through our own lens um, and yeah. not someone else's. Um, so yeah, yeah, really interesting to hear all those different perspectives about last weekend, but I'm really glad you got to be there. Um, I, you know, I will say uh, there were a number of times this week where I just thought, boy, I would love to be on campus. You know, I will be on campus next Sunday and Monday. Um, and I just, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that time to just have that grounding, um, you know, mm-hmm. to, to go to the grotto. I think when, when, yeah. when we go through an unsettling time, um, you know, we just, we want to go home, right. Our, you know, if we're, if, if we're hurting, you know, if a child's hurting, they want their mother or, or their parent or, you know, something that's comforting to them. And yeah. I think Notre Dame is that for, for many of us. Um, and of course it's not just Notre Dame, you know, we can find that, that home and that spiritual home in a number of places. Um, but I know that's certainly what it is for you. So I'm glad that you had that, yeah that touch point with a place that I know is so meaningful to you um, as well. Well, and that was a special part of this week at St. Francis High School. Um, So it was the feast, uh, the Congregation of the Holy Cross, their feast day is actually Our Lady of Sorrows, which is, it seems like, what's the connection there? But Our Lady of Sorrows, she stood at the cross, but the day before is the exaltation of the cross. So I think both of those feast days are are probably, a little bit like mysterious or challenging for people um, when you think about even like the motto of Holy Cross, um, Spes Unica, like the cross, our only hope. Um, that is really a call and a challenge, I think, as a Christian, um, you know, to to take on what that means. But so uh, because of those feast days, we had mass because um, St. Francis is started by the Brothers of Holy Cross. And the brothers um, from Austin, they're at St. Edward University, were visiting. There are no brothers on campus. They left about mm, 8, 10, 12 years ago. So they were on campus and they were just meeting with administrators and just a lot of it's storytelling and sharing, you know, past experiences. And um, I think that's so that's part of our tradition is sharing a story and um, the lived experience. And they were in meetings to talk about you know, the campus is changing and we're at it. We're, we have a campaign underway. So they were there to support it and to support those who are doing the work. But it was funny because um, this one brother, he and I were like, hey, like we had met, we couldn't figure out when. And I said, you know, I was back at Notre Dame this past week and I even stayed at Sacred Heart Parish Center and he started laughing. He, it's a former, it was like, it was a, I mean, it's this building, there's no air conditioning. I do not think it's ADA compliant. It is not for the faint of heart. The bathroom's down the hall. I mean, I joke that you don't need like any like exfoliation lotion because the sheets are so <laughs> like much like sandpaper, your body will be exfoliated and um, no AC, of course. So I say, you know, I said, Brother Tom, I was at Sacred Heart Parish Center and I stayed there for the game. He said, Ann, you are going to spend less time in purgatory because of that, <laughs> which is great. I mean, such a Catholic sense of humor, um, which, you know, I love. So um, oh. it's great to have them on campus. Their their gentle presence is really a gift. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So in my spiritual stew this week... Um, moving right along and we can connect with with candy corn at the end if we get there because you know i'm always willing to talk about that 
But my spiritual stew this week, um, really, it comes from the first, you know, book in the Bible, Genesis. And um, it was a, a reading I found when I was looking for prayers for comfort and um, to deal with mental illness. Um, you know, I was I was just really searching for something. And I came across, it's it's Genesis 2, 18, and it says, you know, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And of course, the helper that, that this passage is referring to is woman, right? We know that mm-hmm. God then made man or made woman, you know, coming from man as, as the story in the Bible is told. Um, but I just, I, those words really stuck with me. It is not good for man to be alone. And, and I'll substitute human in for man, right? So it's not good for humans to be alone. Cause I've really thought about this. Um, because of course, when you're dealing with depression and, you know, certainly having, you know, thoughts that would lead you to suicide, you do feel very alone. And in that sense, um, it's, it's not good to be alone. You know, that's the last thing we want for someone who is really hurting is to feel as though they have no one. I think for many of us, that's probably the saddest part of uh, of all uh, of depression is that someone feels so alone that they don't feel they have anything or anyone to turn to. Um, so that's one part of it. But then the other part of this um, passage that really stuck with me is that I, I do see the benefit at times of being alone. Um, you know, I find such strength in community. I it is it is so important to me. It is it is foundational to everything that is, that I believe in. That's meaningful for me. It's it's the way we've chosen to raise our family. It's it's where I've chosen to go to work. Um, you know, I I would not be the person I am today had I not been at Notre Dame and this community of faith that really carried me through. You know that the darkest time in my life. Um, you know, I've said this a hundred times, probably said on the podcast before, you know, when people ask me, was it my faith that got me through my own experience? I always say, no, it wasn't. It was the faith of those around me. So that community of faith was critical and, and still is to, to my health. Um, you know, and then when I graduated from Notre Dame, I went and worked at Xavier, um, you know, the all girls Catholic school that I had attended as a student. And, you know, those five years I spent at Xavier after I graduated from Notre Dame were just as critical to my my well-being and my faith development. And, you know, unfortunately, we lost a senior um, to a drunk driving accident when I was there. And I witnessed that community of faith come together to take care of her family and to take care of one another. And, you know, ultimately, that's what helped me lead to my own conversion of wanting that community of faith in my life. And, Um, You know, when I was looking to go back to work, you know, into a a formal job at a school, um, you know, certainly I was working before, although I consider it more of a vocation in terms of speaking and writing. But, you know, looking to go back into a school environment, I I wanted that community of faith. You know, I didn't want to just go to any school that had a job that was available that I might enjoy. I wanted that community and and I found it, um, and and we needed that this week too. So, not being alone is is really important to me. I get it. I, I you don't go. It, it'd be impossible to go through a tragic event, whatever it is, um, in your life without having that community of faith. At least for me, it would be very hard. Um, but I also take great solace and comfort in my time alone. Um, that that to me is very healing. 
as well. Um, so it, it was an interesting passage for me to really think about, to really chew on. You know, it is not good for man to be alone. It is not good for humans to be alone. Um, it, it's not, ultimately. We never want to feel alone. Um, but certainly, we all do need those times of comfort and reflection. Um, so I, my, my wish and hope for everyone always is to find those communities. And I always say to be a part of them when you don't need it. So it's there for you when you do. Um, and, and certainly, we have members of our communities right now who are in great need. Um, and it's a privilege to, to be a part of it. Yeah. You know, I, Haley, I have, I've struggled with this. I've wondered about it because, you know, myself being a Catholic school teacher, I mean, I've been a blessed to be part of great communities. Um, there's no doubt about it. And I don't take that for granted. I also, I do wonder for people who, you know, I've had friends who are not in work environments that are, you know, they don't share their faith where, you know, some have talked about the opportunity at Genentech to like bear witness to their faith, but I don't think we can assume, and maybe this is true of any even, you know, Catholic school environment that it is a community. So a, I wonder about those people who work in places where they're not free to share their faith. That's not part of the culture. It's not supported or, you know, even when there are communities of faith, when it doesn't happen. So I don't know what that's like. Um, because, you know, sociologically, I think we've talked about this before, there's the three places, you know, home, work, and then it's really important for Americans to have a third place that they go, where they are recognized, where they're welcomed. So it might be your parish, which is what this, you know, author of the article I read said, that should be an important place, but that's diminished for a lot of Americans. Or like for me, it might be the Olympic club, you know, a gym, a golf club, things like that. So um, yeah, I just, I wonder, that would be an interesting conversation to just unpack for, you know, different listeners. Where do you find that community of faith? Um, maybe it's a prayer group from their parish, you know, um, I, I don't know the answer to that, but I think it's important to think about. Yeah. Um, and I also appreciate how you talked about, like, you do like your alone time. And I think maybe, you know, some people maybe talk about extrovert, introvert, where do you get recharged and everyone needs solitude. And, there is a question like I kind of have because so many Americans now, like who are not married and in a family live alone, mm -hmm. like to an unprecedented rate. And, you know, I have roommates um, and I've always sought to have them because I like having people around. I'm a middle child. I just do better. I don't necessarily need to interact with them all the time, but I do like having them around. But a lot of people don't want to live with somebody. And, um, one of this, uh, somebody from my parish had talked about before he got married, he lived alone and he, he did feel like he was more isolated and he was more prone to depression by living alone. So I don't know. And maybe he was in one of those work environments where he didn't have that. So, you know, with my own roommates, like I've had some real challenges this week. It's been a real drain, like, like to the point where, you know, between my job and my home life, like I was waking up at like three or 4 a.m., and it's not to say that living with people is easy. In fact, it's very hard. It's like being in a family, right? Where there are things that go well, and then there's times where it's not. And I can really see how people are like, I'm out. I don't want to deal with it. You know, like I've already got enough going on. So I don't have the answer for that, but I can see why people opt out. Like the, the easy thing is to like, I don't want to deal with it. I think I'm better because I live with other people. Myself, I'm a better person because... It's not about me. You know, I have to, there's some give and take, but um, it's not necessarily, you know, I can see why people want to live alone. 
Um, right. I no, I, I, I love, I love what you shared about, um, you know, we have home, we have work, and then we need to have that third place of belonging. Um, I'm going to think on that because, you know, I do talk about communities so often, you know, what is that for some people? And, you know, you, I know we have some people at my, you know, where I work at St. Anne's who do live by themselves. And, um, you know, one of the things I have learned is, you know, just kind of witnessing what we've experienced over the past week. It is such a strong reminder for me, um, that people grieve differently and, Mm -hmm. um, that and that there's such a wide range of how people grieve and uh it's i think it's one of the challenges at times for a community in grief um to unite when you have people who are grieving very differently um so um you know it 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 would be interesting to see you know for you know not in particular in my situation what we're dealing with right now if you live alone do you seek community out more when you are grieving um or or do you grieve you know quietly um you know that's that's a study not for me at this time but um, I, I have seen, I have seen the grief play out in different ways. And it's, I think that is where the community becomes so important. Um, you know, one of the greatest lessons, you know, my, my late coach, Tim Welsh taught me was, was that, that people grieve differently. Um, you know, yeah. you can have the same event and the same experience and, and many different ways that it plays out. And the challenge for us as a community of faith is, you know, in his own words, you know, love one another enough to allow ourselves to heal in the way that's best for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's a lesson that stuck with me for a long time. Yeah. Um, grief is going to affect us differently. We are going to heal differently. Um, but being part of a community of faith is allowing others mm-hmm. to heal in the way that's best for them without judging. Um, yeah. And and yeah. I think we've done a good job of that this week, you know, personally and privately. But, but it can be yeah. a challenge at many times. Yeah. Um, well, and, you know, as I was, I was also thinking... Um, whether or not it's community, I think part of maybe what we should offer one another is just our presence. And it, it kind of came together this Friday. There was a, it's the moonlight run. There's a full moon more or less. And so it's this walk run it's in Palo Alto. And I went with my assistant coach, um, Charlie, he's 73 and he's just a great friend and a mentor. And he's just so, he's such a great sense of humor and he gives me a hard time a lot. Anyways. um, You know, after the, after the walk, um, we went around to some tables and uh, there was like an organization that um, employs people with downs and um, they make these special cookies and they give jobs for you know people with downs. They make sure that they're integrated in the community. And Charlie like gave the woman a $50 bill and she was so grateful. And he said, I just love what you do. Thank you for being here. You know, and it was really sincere. It was so touching. And he turns to me and he's like, you know, I think about where I spend $50 on a round of golf and I can give it to them and it goes so much further. And I, while I agree, I also disagreed because I'm like, well, wait, Charlie, the whole reason I know you is because of golf. Like that's what brought us together. And um, as we were walking off the baseball field, he, you know, he said, why don't we just sit for a little bit? And there's this table and we just sat down. And I think that's one of the great gifts of our elders, which is also an important part, I think, in a community was a third place sociologically, but also intergenerational, because honestly, I wouldn't have stayed. I would have been like, I got to go. And I think our elders teach us to just slow down, you know, and we sat down and then like a different faculty member of mine that I haven't talked to sat down and he's like, Hey, 
Anne, I've been wanting to talk to you. I heard you did Brag Bry, the bike ride across Iowa. And I was like, yes, well, I get to talk about it. And, you know, people don't ask me about Brag Bry, and it was so great to be able to talk about it. But this teacher had ridden his bike across the United States. So then Charlie was way more interested in his bike ride across the U.S., which I gave him a hard time for. I was like, hey, Charlie, like my bike ride across Iowa, that's a big deal. And he, and I'm like, you know, knowing that Zach's efforts are tremendous and, and super interesting. So I would have missed out on all of that if I had just gone home, right, which I would have gladly done. But it's like sitting down, just being present in our communities and like, having that conversation with Charlie. And then what happens is like other people show up and um, I don't do that very well. Um, I don't sit down like that. Um, I will do that after my round of golf. And I think that's already programmed, but I would like to use that idea for myself elsewhere. Like where can I just kind of slow down and be present, you know, and just enjoy the evening or, you know, whatever it is. Um, I think, as a country, we used to do that. I think, you know, Sundays were for visiting family or, you know, having people over and just sitting down and just, you know, so um, I'll speak for myself. I'm just so programmed that I don't think that way, but I think that's a real, I think that's actually a way to build, I don't know, take away loneliness is what I'm trying to say. Well, and I think that is a great takeaway for us this week. Um, you know, as we, as we look at what the, the coming week looks like, you know, let's take time to be present, um, you know, take time to slow down and pause because it might invite in conversation for someone who's lonely. Um, you know, if, if someone's yes. lonely and they're, and they don't know how to ask for help, you know, for, for us to be busy and, and just moving on to the next task, whether we're saying it or not, we're not inviting that, that we're not being open, um, to, to hearing perhaps what others have to say. So, um, I think that's a great takeaway for me and for you. Let's just slow down mm -hmm. this week. Let's be present. Um, let's make ourselves available to, to someone who we might not even know, you know, needs us to be available for them. You know, I think we're missing those opportunities when we rush through life the way that we do. Um, you know, I'll, I also ask people, you know, because we are a praying community to, to, to pray for those who are struggling with mental health issues and to pray for their families. Um, but I am also very aware that just praying is not enough. Um, you know, I, I read a lot of prayers for mental health this week. And, um, you know, I, I truly believe that asking for God is helpful, but I also know that it takes more than that. Um, so I think, you know, we need to do more than pray. We need to do more than just say words. We need to be present. We need to be available. Um, and we need to, to really and create awareness. Um, so that'll probably be my takeaway in our melting pot for a while, but it's certainly something that I will focus on this week. It's great. I, I, I couldn't agree more that that prayer with works is kind of what I'm hearing there. And um, yeah, I, I think I almost need the prayer, Haley, to slow down, which is terrible. No, because <laughs> you know what it takes. It, you know, if that's yeah. what it takes for you to slow down, it's better than not yeah. slowing down at all. Yeah. Right. And it's like an awareness of, I don't know, it's a grace, I think, to be able to be present to people, but it's, it's so essential. So, um, and the, you know, and I, I think we can leave our listeners with this in terms of our takeaway. I still don't understand and why you would take the base of the 
candy corn as the first bite. So maybe you can, I mean, why wouldn't you take the tip of the isosceles triangle? Like it just, it goes, you know, I don't, I don't understand Haley. Talk about perspective, right? So I received a box, I received a box in the mail this week and, um, my sister-in-law has very distinctive handwriting. So as I'm walking towards my house, I can see the box and I can see her handwriting. And I know okay. it's from her and I know exactly what it is. Um, so my brother never sends, I'm sure he's not listening to this, so it's okay, but it's the truth. Yeah. So I'm speaking truthfully. Never sends me a birthday card, never sends me a birthday wow. gift, never sends, it. usually doesn't send anything for Christmas. So, <laughs> which is fine. But I always get a box towards the end of September. And I always know there's candy corn inside. It's huh. just, it's what they send me. And it's great, yeah. of course, because I love it. Of course, yeah. I, but I do have my unwritten rule that I will not eat candy corn before October 1st. Oh, wow. Because okay. you know it's been in the grocery store since August. And if I start yeah. eating it in August, by the time okay. Halloween comes around, I yeah. will have other issues. Okay, um, all right. But that box came and I wasn't going to open it because it's not October 1st yet. And I knew it was inside. And I, I, once, once I see that bag and it's in my house, it's open and it's gone. There were two bags in that box. They are both gone. Oh my gosh. I know. I know. Um, it was one of those weeks I had. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, and and that's okay too. You still haven't answered my question. I know. Well, Uh, that was... (laughs) So good for you for eating two bags of candy corn. Because when you said that, all I could think of was, yes, I took every single one of those pieces and I bit the yellow off. The base. And then, yes. And then I bit the white and the, I just, I eat it in sections and I'm yeah. sure you haven't tried it yet, but I know you're going to. Those colors taste differently. That's my oh, no, challenge to you. I, I, call, I used to call it Indian corn. I don't think that's appropriate. It's um, probably not. It's brown base, so I won't refer to it that way, but brown, orange, white. Um, I have, I think Brock's is, well, Brock's is one of the superior brands. There's some of these like fancier candy corns nope. that are very waxy. No, nope. I'm not bored with those. I will yeah. only eat Brock's. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know what? It got me through this week. We talk about everyone yeah. grieving differently. <laughs> For me, the candy corn helped. And I don't, Point. and I actually don't say that jokingly. Grace. I, yeah. and, and I'm certainly not taking any of this lightly, but yeah. um, it was the, a, a, a thoughtful gesture from my sister in law, and I, I took it. It is. Yeah. So yeah. she was present. She reached out in the way that um, she knew how. And I think that's a great lesson for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God for that. So, yes. all right. Well, have um, I hope you get some rest this week and um, thank you. Yeah, give we, some more consideration to prayer and action and being present for others. So, yes, and I will too. I will talk to all of you next week. Have a good week. Thank you. People.